You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers. With Renew Economy's editor, Giles Parkinson, and leading solar industry veteran, Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by SunWiz, the creators of the powerful PV cell software, and Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Solar Insiders. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy and One Step Off the Grid and the Driven Electric Vehicle News site. And joining me as usual is Nigel Morris, who's the editor of Nothing, but he's the co-host <laughs> of Solar nothing. Insiders. Got nothing. Hey, I was well, you- in charge last week while you were away. You know, drinking champagne or something. And and I've got to say, you did a mighty fine job there, um, Nigel, with (laughs) with Sophie, the um, deputy editor of the um, aforementioned websites. um, We had a great time. We we missed you terribly, though, so it's great to have you back. Oh, look, it's nice to be back, too. And hello to everyone, and sorry for being away last week. And um, thank you for our sponsors, Solar Analytics and PV Cell from SunWiz for battling through my absence and still finding it um, worthy. Anyway, my goodness me. Um, Nigel, um... Look, there's a man in the ute just disappearing past the... the um, he stopped in the middle of my driveway to have a look at my Tesla. Oh, really? We'll talk about that later on. Anyway. <laughs> we will. We can get to Tesla. There's Tesla's bloody everywhere, mate. Jesus. But first, um, look, Australia and our Prime Minister in particular has disgraced himself on the global oh. stage, um, along with just about everything else. He was actually quite cringeworthy. I mean, I think the last time was, we spoke, yeah. we were expecting them to go to the Pacific Islands, or he'd gone to the Pacific Islands and made a complete goose of himself over there. But um, now he's gone down on the global stage. Yep. And um, and um, he's got a problem because he doesn't like telling the truth about much. No, I, I find this, you know, this is a trend we've been watching for years and years and years of misinformation. And, and to be honest... Yeah, let's be really clear, right? His statement, we're taking real action on climate change and we're getting results, is, as the Climate Council most eloquently put put it, um, colossal bullshit. Um, um, you know, when you look back at what the coalition has done um, to the solar or tried to do to the solar and re- renewable sector over the last five years plus, it is just absolute garbage that um, he's claiming now all the emissions reductions largely that are coming from or a huge proportion of which are coming from solar. Let's not forget the coalition had a review into STCs that very nearly killed it. Um, they tried for years to kill the RET. Um, they tried for ages to kill the Clean Energy Finance Corporation, which is a wonderful organisation delivering wonderful results and making money. Um, they crippled Arena and tried to kill it numerous times. They killed the carbon price. Uh, they killed the Climate Change Commission, and and they proposed and, and, un- and completely ignored the Climate Change Authority. Yeah. Yeah, and, and proposed underwriting new coal-fired power plants. They called the big battery a joke. Um, and most the inf- worst, they called the big battery a big banana. A big or banana. A big, a big banana, or just That's like right. the Kardashians, yeah. That's right. And then, and you know, infamously paraded a lump of coal around in Parliament. It is colossal bullshit. They have appalling credentials when it comes to renewables, and renewables are doing the heavy lifting on emissions reduction in Australia. So I think um, the Climate Council was right on the money when they made that statement. 
Absolutely, and what I found quite appalling too was the attacks, um, not just by Morrison indirectly, sort of talking about kids should be happy. You know, this is the attack from Greta Thunberg, the mm. Swedish 16-year-old who seems to upset a lot of middle-aged men and other conservatives because um, she says... What, she's got one basically mess, one basic message. Let's listen to the scientists, yep. <laughs> and yep. let's do something about it. And they attack her on all sorts of levels. It's actually quite disgraceful. Um, it's shocking. But you know, just going back to the lies that have been told. I mean, I've, I've actually been keeping an eye on the Nuclear Commission because I just you know because this country is so damn crazy. You never know what they might do. And I've been looking at the submissions. It's quite laughable what they say, um, trying to argue that you know nuclear is actually cost competitive with solar, and almost all these pro-nuclear submissions quote the Ningen solar plant, saying that that's the latest available data that was <laughs> available to be had in Australia. That was built four years ago. Yeah. It was built, it, you know, it was. It was the recipient of an extremely generous grant um, to a company that probably didn't need it, and it was overpriced and what have you. And um, it's you know, I mean, solar prices have fallen seventy percent by then. But that just goes to show the systematic lies and misinformation that are made just to sort of justify some position, you know, be it cl climate science denial or by the same people this argument for you know nuclear as as some sort of solution to a problem they don't see they don't think exists. So yeah. um, it's a crazy just, world out there. It's a crazy world, and I, I just really, it really, really gets my back up when we know, and you don't have to look back very far, you can look back last week to Craig Kelly's comments in the press. Um, oh, I missed look... that. What did Craig Kelly say? <laughs> oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. No, we won't go there. But the, the, the short, the long and the short of it is, you know, it's really, really irritating that they actually have the gall to stand up there and proudly proclaim emissions reductions and then as soon as they're on the plane and back home they're systematically trying to destroy this industry over and over and over again and it hasn't stopped yet the ACCC again uh, is calling for the end of um, support for solar uh, for homeowners in Australia um, you know it just continues on so it is you know it's just colossal colossal yes yes the ACCC chairman Rod Sims is a bit of a dinosaur but um, but let's focus on some good news and look um Mm. On Tuesday, the ACT actually met its 100% renewable energy electricity targets. I which, saw that. Yeah, That's... so the Horns, Hornsdale 3 wind farm was the last of its contracted things to start producing for the ACT. It's actually been operating for about a year now. Yep. And uh, its owners, Neowen, have been making a pile of money on the merchant market. But its contract starts um, on, from October 1st, which means that ACT now sources the equivalent of 100% of its demand for renewable uh, from renewables, wind and solar, and um, what have you, and um, it has the reduced world, the world. The sky didn't fall, did it? The sky the didn't sky fall. Did it's not it's, fall. Its emissions are down by 40%. Um, it's actually saved some money because um, the wholesale prices have gone up and it's actually priced a lot of its generation below that price. So Beautiful. it's actually uh, delivered a dividend. And now it's going to move on to um, electrifying its transport, starting off with the government fleets and buses and then centres for private cars, um, electrifying homes and buildings. And because of that and the growing population, it's actually going to do another 250 megawatts auction over the next 12 months for more renewables and more battery storage and um look that's just a terrific story and at the same time you've got south australia a liberal government i should say um is you know it's already made clear its goal is net 100 percent renewables by 2030 and it was really interesting to talk 
for to hear it talk about renewable hydrogen um, and the opportunities there. So they're basically saying, geez, we've got a whole heap of cheap wind and solar here, so what we can actually do is use the excess to either transport it back to other states via new lines, or we can store it in hydrogen, and we can do two things with that. We can either sort of make the grid more stable with that, or just find a cheap way of storage, or we can actually use that to provide long-term storage, encourage new industry to come back to um, South Australia with cheap power, and um, it's just really gratifying to see that happen. There's just such a change and difference from what happens um, in the federal sphere. Yeah, so as usual, you know, the rest of the world uh, outside of um, one building in um, the ACT is getting on with it and doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. So look, a couple of notable um, things, news this week, um, that rooftop solar boom um, is still continuing. Um, Warwick Johnson from Sunwiz notes this week that we've hit a record 180 megawatts for the last month. Now, mm. that may be revised down slightly after a couple of audits by the Clean Energy Regulator, but it just still shows the strength in the market. And um, look, Solar Victoria um, seems to have got its act together now. It's um, done a, another round this on, on yep. Tuesday morning. Um, 4,000 things went out the door in about 18 minutes. Um, Nigel, are people happy out there with that? Yeah, look, I've seen a bit of, um, a bit of interesting feedback on that one. Um, quite a number of people coming out and saying the fact that it's, we've turned this corner now of it, you know, just exhausting itself in 20 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever it is. We've turned the corner and gone backwards to, you know, a longer time now of 60 minutes, which is a really, really good sign that we're flushing out this backlog in the market so um yeah there's some quite positive stuff coming out of that i even saw a comment from uh from an installer down there who was saying you know there was a lot of um uh, begrudgingness around the fact that you had to become uh, a an approved solar retailer to participate in the program which was a requirement the victorian government put on but there was comments from uh one of the installers who has become an approved solar retailer who said well i'm actually starting to get people coming to me now saying hey we're looking for an approved solar retailer you know um so we're, we, it uh-huh. does look yeah <laughs> I, there was more or less what i responded with um so there are signs that it is flushing out now having said that giles you know there is still pain down there, and not everybody is winning. Um, um, we we lost two customers in the last week that we're aware of, who for whatever reason didn't manage to find their way into the rebate program, didn't manage to get in fast enough or adjust or whatever it was, and tragically their businesses have now gone under. So um, no, that's sad to hear. It is very sad to hear. So it is still not great for everyone. Um, but let's hope that now this adjustment's been made, um, that things will start flowing again. Yeah, yeah, no, indeed. And um, and speaking about approved retailers and um, and other people, um, I've just been reminded I got another letter in the mail from Dodgy Brothers um, suggesting I should buy seize the opportunity to buy an, a battery in this case an Alpha ESS at very very low prices, much lower. Um, and anyone gets anything like this in the mail, please just ignore it, throw it in the bin, and just yeah. tell them to f off. Yeah, um, ignore it that. really is. It's 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 a scam, yeah. and um, should be treated as such. But look, um, more good news, Queensland's been encouraging some landlords to get together with their tenants and put some rooftop solar on there and find a way to make it work which is which is good news because a lot of people rent houses and a lot of people haven't had access to um, solar 
Indeed, solar for rentals is a really, really interesting space. And um, I think we might have mentioned a few, um, or quite a way back now, um, here at Solar Analytics, we actually acquired a, a company who were in the solar for rental space. And we recently acquired another one that was in the solar for rental space. And we have now uh, launched a solar for rentals offer. Um, so we're doing a pilot trial in New South Wales and actually talking with some of the uh, companies that are involved in the Queensland stuff as well. Um, so it's a really interesting little space. It's definitely a kind of a niche. It's one of those parts of the market that's quite tricky. It's got its own little nuances and it requires... Um, you know, it still, still needs a little bit of work and it's been nascent for ages and ages and ages. But we're really pumped about it. We've, we've picked up the IP to sort of, you know, leapfrog ahead a little bit and um, are really excited about where that's going to go. So, um, you know, good on Queensland for getting the ball rolling. And there is um, talk of a program in Victoria as well and other states. So, yeah, solar for rentals. Let's see how it goes. Well, exactly. And look, it's, it, it just takes a little bit of creative thinking to make sure that people in low-income households, people in rental households, people in apartments and the pensioner community um, can all get access to rooftop solar because um, they're probably the people that need it most. So, True. Um, um, True. It's all good. Mm. Anyway, um, mm. what, what have you got here? What's this, what's this stuff about 10-year solar panels making more sense than 25 years? You're going to have to convince me on this one, Nigel. It doesn't... Um, <laughs> It doesn't make sense to me, particularly well, because we don't seem to know how to recycle these things at the moment. No. And, and, and look, you know, I was prompted by this because, you know, the low pricing that we're seeing in Australia um, is bewildering. Um, 39 cents a watt fully installed for a PV system just is absolutely bewildering to me. I, I don't know how anyone does that and retains any profit or does it properly. I don't think it's possible, in fact, at 39 cents a watt net. Um, and, and one offer that I looked out recently it was only a dollar 34 combined with storage as well which is extraordinary given the price of batteries um so yeah yeah so you know i mean the good news is for consumers it's getting them very very excited because they're seeing low pricing which is terrific um and in fact i I was sort of digging around on this issue and there is some talk um uh from a study that was published in the jewel journal out of uh out of uh, the u.s where they were looking at you know does it make more sense to have panels that just last 10 years instead of 25 year uh, life panels and um, there was some evidence that the economics can work if the price gets down low enough but of course if you don't have recycling um, then you're just creating landfill and garbage which is a terrible outcome um, and in fact there are stories around the traps at the moment about people saying look mate it's I know you've got the system it's only three or four years old but it doesn't work I can't make it work. The compliance and, and, and legal uh, responsibility for me to get up there and try and make it work doesn't make it worth the effort. I'm going to bin it. I'm just going to put a new solar system on. So we're already seeing solar being churned at, you know, four, five years where it is really, really low quality. So, you know, I'm going to dispute this claim. I, I can see how if it gets cheap, you can get a levelized cost of energy that's good, which is what this paper focused on. But there is more to it than that. We do not want the garbage dumps of the world filling up with crap solar. Um, and, um, you yeah, know, frankly, it really worries me mm. that we have solar for 39 cents a watt. Yeah, well, that makes me think about three things then. As you say, lower prices are great, but not when it's just because it represents crap. Mm. Um, two, um, whether we've got 10-year solar panels or 25-year solar panels, um, the industry needs to get re- very serious about recycling. I mean, there's no reason why these things can't be properly recycled. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be a, um, you know, um, just needs to happen automatically rather yep. than things just thrown in the tip. 
Yep. Um, we've kind of got it backwards here in Australia. You know, we've got to really low prices, but we haven't put the steps along the way that we need to to, you know, make sure that if you're going to choose cheap PV, there's a way and, and there's argue, there's a case for for making solar really affordable, right? For people who, you know, people buy budget cars, they buy medium cars, they buy high-level cars. There's, a, there's, a, there's an argument there that there should be a budget solar offer for people who don't have much money, but not at the expense of reliability, not at the expense of um, creating landfill. And um, so I, I think the industry in Australia has uh, still a lot of work to do to get that equation the right way around. Yeah, no, look, I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, this whole idea of sort of solar panels, 10 years solar panels and sort of constant recycling, things like that, it makes me it makes me nervous and um, it makes me worry about, you know, it's a bit like sort of the cafe culture we've got now. Everyone sort of takes to keep or take away cups rather than keep cups and things like that. And, um, you know, I think we've actually sort of got to start thinking differently about... Um, about these things, but um, we do anyway. We do anyway. Hey, Matt, um, what are we going to play? That you've done an interview with a um, um, or is that next? I don't know. I've gotten lost. I've gotten lost. I've gotten lost. <laughs> we can come good back solar to some news. Good... Okay, okay. You want to do some um, good solar news first? Yeah, let's do some good solar news. Some real quick one. Let me talk about the benefits of monitoring for a second. Um, now, this sounds like a massive plug, but I've, as you know, I'm, I've got an app. I'm in the monitoring game, but I actually am kind of bored with my app i don't look at it very often anymore i I look at it at work i don't want to play with it at home i really only look at it when i need to know something or i want to learn something i want to check something and um i i was at home the other day and i went something i had to check was the it was the stove i was checking the stove that i've talked about before the new stove and i jumped on and i just happened to notice and i thought hang on, my hot water system seems to be using a lot more energy than it used to. The cycle time looks longer and it's spiking at this time of the night when it never used to. What's going on? And I walked outside, looked at my hot water tank, and lo and behold, there's water pouring out the bottom of it. There's a leak because the tank has slumped on its stand, it's cracked the pipe, and there's water just pouring out the bottom of it. So... um, once again, the benefits of monitoring just come home because had I not seen that, hot water tanks buried around the corner, I would never have uh, in a million years um, thought to walk around and check whether my tank had suddenly split a leak. Um, so, you know, I've saved myself a ton of money now because I got onto it fast. So, um, you know, just one of the nice benefits of hot water, of, of monitoring. Absolutely, and just to piss in your boots a little bit more, um, I hadn't used my um, Solar Analytics um, app for a while, but I did the other day because with my aforementioned electric vehicle, my recent arrival, which we'll talk about later, I decided, um, I vowed that I was only going to charge it with solar, and because I haven't actually set up the whole thing yet, I just basically, you know, with my just looked at the app, worked, saw, the, saw, saw the sun was shining, looked at the app, saw there was excess, from the um, from the iPhone, just started plugging in, um, switched on the charging, and um, just sat there and wait. And off I went, and just sat there and waited for the sun to go down in the afternoon. And as soon as it went down below the um, amount required for the car, switched off, and um, all was good. I love it. I love mm. it. That's exactly what you should be doing. I mean, there's doing. probably a more there's probably a more automate, automated way of doing it, but and, and that will happen. But you know, at least well, I'm just checking. Your, I'm just checking your consumption uh, now, Giles, to make sure that everything looks on track, which it does. Oh, oh, I haven't been charging it today, actually. I just no, did it the other day. Sunday um, was the last charge, by the looks of it. Sunday was the last charge. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. For, no, you, yes. you whacked it on. You turned it off just as the solar curve was going down. That's perfect. That's that's exactly right. That's pretty freaky, actually. Well, that you're looking at my consumption. 
and like that. It's like it's like, like my son bro- borrowed the EV the other day, and I came back and I said, "Mate, you took that corner going back up the hill a bit quickly, didn't you?" And he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I've been watching you on my app." <laughs> and it shows the it shows the map, and it shows how how fast the car's going. There you and he go. just said, "That is really weird." Dad. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. never mind. Okay, more good solid news. More good solar news. Oh, well, uh, just a shout out to the CC. Uh, they run their installer networking events around the country um, on a regular basis. In fact, uh, young Kathleen Ryan, who works for me at a KPI this year, to go to everyone. So she's been to 23 installer networking events this year. Good on you, Catherine. Yeah. Hello out there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she dragged me along to a couple of them this week. And, you know, always really, really interesting. I have to say, you know, whether you like the CC or not, you know, dedicated people. They had a really interesting um, mix of guests there talking about issues. It actually, at the end, the Q&A at the end is really, really good. They've got network guys there. They had someone from the um, uh, from AEMO. They had someone there from the Clean Energy Regulator um, um, plus the local DNSPs. So really, really interesting conversations going on about how the grid is transforming and what these guys are doing and what they need and how regulations and standards and everything else are changing. So, you know, really, really good. Always great. Um, So I do recommend that people get along to those events. And it's given you an opportunity to meet up with a couple of people and do a couple of interviews. Now, I think we had one last time and um, we've got another one today. Tell us um, tell us who it is and why. Yeah, we do. We do. I interviewed a number of Australian solar business owners and the idea is to kind of tease out to them how they're surviving on the solar coaster. This week, uh, I spoke with Sparky turned solar legend Mark Kavanagh from MC Electrical. Let's hear what Mark had to say. So here we are again. Welcome back to Meter Solar Business. Uh, this time I'm sitting here with Mark Kavanagh from MC Electrical. Um, Mark has a premium uh, solar business supplying and installing solar for residential and a little bit of commercial. A little bit of small commercial. A little bit of small commercial as well. Um, how are you, Mark? Yeah, good, Niall. Uh, <laughs> good, Nigel. Uh, thanks for uh, having me. You're most welcome, mate. Um, all right, let's let's dive straight in. And you've got no idea what these questions are, so it's always good fun. Um, going back in time, how? What's your story? How did you end up sitting here at this event today with a solar business? What what brought you here to this point today? Okay, so going back maybe ten years ago, uh, or a bit more, but over eleven years ago, I was a Sparky, just doing uh, general electrical work, working for a company. Um, and uh, saw, heard about this thing about uh, that the solar industry was coming and I guess being a bit idealistic I figured instead of uh, contributing to the problem uh, uh, or the power problem and the you know, greenhouse gas problem and all that kind of thing then I, that I'd, uh, you know, instead of putting in more air conditioners I'd want to help solve it. So got onto the boat really early into the renewable energy, you know, went and did my solar course back in 2008 uh, and, and got into the industry just at the right time. Brilliant, I love it. There's always an interesting story of how people ended up here. Um, and, and, and today, let's go right fast forward to today now and think about once you've finished swanning around in here at the event and had a few network drinks, you're back in the office tomorrow, what's the number one biggest business opportunity that you've got on your plate right now? What's the big thing that's uh, getting you most excited? The big thing, okay, I'll, th- I'll throw a curveball at you. Yeah, the big thing that I'm get- getting excited about is we're looking to set up in Vanuatu um, oh, and uh, and that kind of as a charity, a charity based in Australia and setting up and doing um, 
uh, solar systems in uh, schools and so working with my best mate who's an educator and so putting solar in schools, giving them fans and air conditioners so they can learn and he'll teach principals. So. Oh, fantastic. I love it. There's always a great story out there. Good on you, mate. Um, what's um, So, you know, you've, you've come from this trade background, you've got some great things going on, you've positioned yourself well, you've survived for, you know, better part of a decade in the industry now, which is, a, you know, a huge success in itself. Um, so what's the secret for you? What's the secret to your company's success after all this time in the industry? Uh, I think I think it's pretty simple. Look after your staff, you know, choose quality staff and um, get them to look after your customers. And, and I think we, we've always seen it as a, as a big picture. If there's a uh, we want to keep our customers happy, we want to keep our staff happy and if you do that, um, you know, it may, you may have short-term losses but it's, it's worth it in the long term. Yep, yep, lovely. Um, going global again for a minute, um, when you look around the world you see what other businesses are doing, you see what people are doing. Uh, is there someone out there, a business or a person who inspires you, uh, who you think, geez, I'd love to be doing what they're doing or I'd love to emulate the success they've had? Is there someone out there that inspires you, Mark? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I guess probably in a, in a bigger scale than what I'm doing, I've got a lot of respect for Gippsland Solar, I guess, is the first thing that comes to mind when I, when I, when I think of another, uh, another company that's sort of... I guess that I could aspire to being, so yeah. a lot of respect for Andy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Andy's a good lad. Um, what's the best investment decision you've ever made in your business? The single one most important investment decision? Jeez, oh, staff, I think. Pa- paying staff properly and making sure you're getting the right staff and not being afraid to move people on and getting, you know, getting the good guys in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there you go. Um, what lesson took you the longest to learn? Uh, what took me the longest to learn? I, I think in the early days it was fairly cowboy uh, territory and we kind of went with the flow and didn't necessarily straight away lift the standards to the highest that we could. Um, and I think I, you know, as we went back and looked at those jobs and looked at the result of what happens after five years out in the weather with those jobs, we kind of started to realise that you really need to just up the quality and uh, not just go with the flow. Right. So. Great lesson. Great lesson. Um, what was the biggest mistake you've made in business? The biggest mistake. Uh, we've all ma- we've all made them, and I've got a I've got a list of them. Don't worry. Uh, I, uh, I I won't give you specifics, um, but mouthing my, my you know mouthing off on Facebook and uh, you know, <laughs> and saying stupid things about stupid people. Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if that was a mistake, but you know, it took some of your time. I can I know that part of the, the, yeah. the of the story. Um, what did you think when you when you launched into this solar business? What did you think was true that turned out not to be true? What did I think? Okay, so I thought I guess when when I launched the business originally, I, I would have thought that people would have been very idealistic about why they got solar and uh, and and wanted to get it for the right reasons, you know, to to help climate change and and you know things like that. Um, and I think that's not really the way the market worked. It's, it was all um, economics and you know trying to people trying to save money, which is a which is good and fair as well. But I guess that surprised me. Surprising, so, yeah. well, fascinating. If you could change one thing about the Australian solar industry, what one thing would you change? I'd get rid of cowboys, um, I'd, and I don't know how to do that. <laughs> um, uh, but I, 
I think I think the Clean Energy Council is doing a good job. Um, it, it's a really tough job, and they've had some speed bumps. But um, basically, get rid of those um, you know those those TV companies selling uh, six kilowatts of solar for three grand or something like yeah. that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, last one, mate. Uh, yeah, and you've done really well here. Um, what do you think your business will be like in five years' time? How are things going to change? How are you going to change, if at all? Where are you going to be and what are you going to look like in five years? Yeah, so we um, have very deliberate slow growth. So our aim is just to uh, continue and have one extra team per year, uh, roughly, um, and and just to probably ex- expand a little bit uh, greater Brisbane area, but we don't really want to go into state or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and five years' time, too, I hope to be dominating in Vanuatu. <laughs> so, yeah. Fantastic. We all know uh, who to look up when we want to go on a South Pacific holiday, mate. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for your time today. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks, Nigel. That was Mark Kavanagh from MC Electrical. Look, fascinating little story there, Nigel. I'm, I'm quite liking these little excerpts from, um, from people out there in the field and with their, with their views in the world and things. Well, you know, one thing I thought of was instead of people listening to us bang on, why don't we get some of them to bang on a little bit and hear, hear what kind of issues they're, they're challenging. You know, to me, I thought it was really interesting how he, he zeroed in on the fact that, you know, finding good staff was the key to success. Sounds obvious, but, you know, when you put it on a list of, you know, what is the single most important thing for Mark, it was all about high quality staff. Um, he didn't even mention his blog, but his blog um, is also terrific. I know you've published some of his stuff in the past where they do product reviews, and he really um, tears into products to to help installers and end users understand which products are good and which products are bad. And that's a that's a marketing technique for him as well, of course. But um, yeah, always great to hear, you know, how people are surviving out there. So good on you, Mark. Now, talking about um, surviving, let's look at a few sort of, um, you know, great interview and, and, um, and, and hi, Mark, and it's great to have you on the, on the program. Look, some, some other less um, exciting news. Um, poor old Tindo Solar over in Adelaide. Um, Australia's mm. basically only solar manufacturer, um, and um, they feel a bit left out of the South Australian rebate scheme. Well, broken promises here by the South Australian government. Um, you know, there were originally, um, it was a Labor government made the commitment, um, but after a lot of negotiation, they extended that commitment through to the uh, now Liberal government that's there. And the idea was in the 50,000 homes project that uh, Tesla are, are involved in, the governments, um, both Labor and Liberal uh, agreed that local content was important, creating local jobs was important, it was all about that and there was a huge song and dance about the fact that local content was going to be used. The idea was a minimum of 50% of the solar panels were going to come out of that Tindo factory. Well guess what, not one has come out of that Tindo factory yet to be supplied into that project and Tindo made uh, Channel 7 News recently um, quite rightly um, complaining about that. They've got um, tens of thousands of panels stacked up in a warehouse now that have been put aside for that project and are asking a lot of questions and not getting many answers. So um, um, I really feel for we've only got one factory left in Australia now and you know this was exactly the type of project that could have given that factory just a little leg up. They had to be competitive. They had to win the job on its merits. They had to provide good product. All the standard rules applied and they did so and yet um, they have now been let down. So um, let's, um, let's hope that 
the uh, South Australian government actually uh, meets their commitment there and helps a local manufacturer, the only local manufacturer of solar panels. Yeah, well, look, I hadn't actually heard that news um, before you mentioned it, so I think we might follow up on that and um, we'll report back in a fortnight on this podcast and um, look out for a story mm. maybe over the next week or so. Um, we'll do our own investigations as to what's happened and why and um, try and get an explanation from the government. And, um, mm. and it's going to be interesting yeah. just on, on that um, on that um, with the South Australia plan and um, and I guess the Victorian and, and, and the other state governments one, we're about to see the new standards formalised for battery storage. So it's going to be interesting to see what occurs there and uh, what happens to demand. And, you know, I mean, I think, I think we're going to see extra costs there. So it's going to be... Um, it's going to be pretty interesting, but um, anyway, mm, mm. anyway, it, yeah, uh, you know, on a technical note, there was a, there was a great example given at the uh, one of the networking events that I was talking about earlier, where in the new standard, which they were starting to de- uh, to brief people on uh, installers on when they're going to apply and all that kind of stuff, and they they mentioned that the way uh, stationary solar batteries, uh, lithium batteries, are categorised now falls into three primary uh, groups so one is fully integrated packages like a tesla or a sonnen where you basically buy a box and it's got everything you need in it the second class is um you buy a hybrid inverter and you buy a, a lithium battery and you the installer couples them together and then the third class is uh, you buy a hybrid inverter you might have a separate solar inverter and then the installer actually assembles the battery pack typically out of smaller batteries or lead batteries or something like that and interestingly the standards in class one for the fully integrated project is only, is only nine pages long. That, there's nine pages of requirements you've got to meet. The next category grows to 22 pages, I think it was. And if you're putting that battery bank together yourself, it's thirty more than 34 pages, if I recall correctly. So it highlights that as you know the market evolves and as this technology evolves you know um, life is a lot simpler if you stick with these integrated ac battery solutions rather than trying to build the whole thing yourself the option is still there for installers who want to do that but of course you now have 34 pages rather than nine pages of um, standards and rules and regulations to comply with because this stuff is is can be dangerous um so um yeah food for thought for all the guys out there looking at batteries yeah still but even in the integrated ones i think they're pretty unhappy with some of the rules and regulations that imposes some restrictions on them which just is going to add a grant or two to the installation costs and you know rather than have one mm. person do something they might have have to have two or three because they've got, actually got to insulate the roof and put fireproof covers and things like that so yes. you know yeah, um, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absurd. There are some very strict rules about it. Very, very strict. So, uh, I, uh, yes. yeah. Yeah. But don't worry about the yeah. two-stroke fuel for your lawnmower. That'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Or your electric vehicle that's sitting in the garage, and um, yes, <laughs> yeah. look, I, I suppose it's best time to to talk about that. Let's talk about Teslas, mate. I got one. I'm, me, you got one. Me, you got one. Me and a couple of thousand others. I should I should add. Um, September is going to prove a watershed month for um, the car industry in Australia. Over the last seventeen months, we've seen the sales of fossil fuel passenger cars plunge. I mean, they're down about 18% from the previous year. And yet Tesla has probably delivered about 1,500 just in the last couple of weeks for the month, which which will put it in the ranks of the top five passenger vehicles for the month. Wow. And it's probably going to continue on that in October. And by the end of the year, it is likely to have delivered around about 4,000 Model 3s, which actually doubles its own numbers of electric cars that it sold in Australia over the last four or five years. 
increases the number of electric vehicles in the whole country by around 50%. Mm. And basically, I, I think, just basically look, changes the game because you're going to see so many of these cars around the place. Um, look, I've got one. I've got the cheapest one I could possibly afford. Um, and it's, 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 it's fantastic. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people are going to look at it and go, I want one of those. Or if I can't get this one, then I want the next one that comes down the line, be it a Mini or a VW or whatever it is that's mm -hmm. being offered over the next 12 months. And um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have stopped buying new fossil fuel cars and they're just going electric. And um, I think I think it's um, I think the tide is turning. So um, quite, I, quite remarkable in an industry which has basically no incentives. Um, yeah. really doesn't have enough infrastructure yet. I mean, it's probably got enough mm -hmm. now for what it is, but it's going to be interesting to see when these 4,000 vehicles um, all get on the road. Um, you know, people, I think people want them. They do. And, and you know, the thing, I, I'm with you, right? I'm seeing more around already. And, in fact, um, the boss here at uh, Solar Analytics, um, who hasn't owned a car for years, spontaneously bought one a couple of weeks ago um, and just rocked up with a with a Model 3 and went, look, we've got one. Um, I, I was going to say spontaneous comb combustion, but I think an electrical <laughs> thing, we should call it instant torque. <laughs> Um, so he's super excited and, and we're all getting joy rides at lunchtime, which is wonderful. And in fact, I get to take it home for a few days this week and have a bit of a play in it. And, and so that's really cool. But, you know, I've actually got three nearby friends and neighbours who suddenly turned up in Teslas and they keep, they all come round. They all come round and go, Nigel, look, we got one, we got one and come for a drive. So I spent, uh, I spent Saturday uh, having people dropping in on numerous occasions with their new Model 3s. Um, and um, I think I've mentioned before, I'm helping a couple of them expand their solar systems. Uh, one of them, uh, Buddy up the road, um, up at Morgan's Place, we're actually going to put a battery and um, a new hybrid inverter in and a smart control system that's that's going to look for excess solar energy and only charge uh, the, the, his Model 3 when there's excess solar. I think I so need to talk to you about this. <laughs> yes, you might need to. Um, so we're going to put a smart control system up there. It's a little pilot from the guys at Delta who we're doing a bunch of stuff with, so that'll be good fun. But what's more interesting to me is that you just keep seeing them around, and every time... Um, someone gets one that hasn't had one before, isn't in the EV community even. They just get one because they like it, they want it, they get it, and then other people see it. Other people get to go for a spin in it. Everyone wants to take their friends for a spin in it. Um, and so it, it's, it becomes a bit viral, right? And then all of a sudden, regular normal people are buying these cars. Um, the amount of money that you're paying for them isn't extraordinary compared to what most cars cost um and i'm with you mate i think it's the beginning of the change of the tide it's really quite exciting and and um you know uh, it's been a long time coming but it's fantastic to see all these model threes out on the road yeah look and, and they are fun to drive um my only I'm sure is my, yeah my only real complaint though is that you know i just spent seventy thousand dollars on a car and it doesn't have floor mats and i'm just going guys <laughs> Put the bloody floor mats in. Floor mats, please. No floor mats. You know, no floor mats. So, you know, I vacuumed Jesus. it twice in the last week. I mean, I've never done that with a car before. And look, <laughs> I even got so excited, I spent 20 minutes watching a video about how to clean the car. So, you know. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I know the kids... The the kids came for a drive uh, in my mate Morgan's car, and the first thing they wanted to show me was, hey, check this out. We can make any one of the seats digitally fart. 
Oh, did you, you know that? that? Oh, did you know no, that that's in there? I've I've been playing the fart cushion for a while, and um, <laughs> people just sort of say it's the kids that find it, find it funniest. But I've actually heard the loudest laugh for adults. I had three adults in there the other day. <laughs> turned on the fart fart noise, and um, you know it's got you can pick. It's got six or seven different sorts of farts, and that's um, right. That's they right. just piss themselves laughing. It's quite funny. Yeah. You know? So out of all this beautiful technology, this transition to clean energy, what gets them going? Fart noises. Fart noises. Know. Yeah. Can't get can't get. Maybe past. that's what wind turbines and solar panels need. Fart noises. <laughs> Maybe just to make them acceptable in the in the in the wider community. Um, I just love know, it. It put a smile, like you say, right? But it just puts a smile on people's faces. Puts you know? a smile on your dial. Yeah, yeah. Just enjoy. Don't take it too seriously. Get in it. Have fun. Yep. You know. Now you great. haven't been just great. driving model threes, you're having a ride of the new um the new NKD scooter hybrid from Fonzarelli. Tell us about it. I did. It. Yeah, so Fonzarelli, I won't give too much away because there's a blog that's uh, gonna go up soon and an interview hopefully, um, that I did. But Fonzarelli um are pretty well known around Australia for their little electric scooter. They've done a great job of that. In fact, arguably have probably put more two wheelers on the road in Australia, electric two wheelers than anybody else ever. So, you know, full props to Fonzarelli for, for being successful at that. They released a new model of their scooter last year and now they brought out this new um, NKD or Naked um, bike. It's kind of like halfway between a scooter and a bike, 12-inch wheels, um, but, you know, f- kind of looks more like a like a little mini, not a mini bike, it looks like a small bike. Um, so I was very, very lucky. They, they were only down the road from the office, so I wandered down there and managed to get a test ride on their prototype. Um, you know, spent 15 or 20 minutes zipping around Redfern, um, testing it out, and, you know, then came back and spent ages talking to the engineers. They were really, really keen on feedback and um, getting ready to go into, into full production. So that was a great opportunity and um, very cool. Um, I, think, I think it could well be quite successful because it's a nice – it's a decent looking machine it'll fit its niche really well and there is a real growing niche for these um sort of they're not high, they're not long range bikes they're city bikes um they're small they're light they're agile they're fast charging all those kinds of things that you need um so you know good luck to fonzarelli and and check out the blog and the interview that um that'll go up shortly on it too And while Joffs finds the on button for his microphone. And I've just found it there. I was just talking to myself. It's fantastic, yes. As I was saying, but you didn't hear because I had the off, I had the mute button on. Um, um, was, um, yes, you'll, 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 find, you'll find your review up on the Driven. And also on the Driven, you'll find a whole series of podcasts that we've published from our recent electric vehicle conference and uh, electric vehicle transition conference, which was a big success. And we've sort of put up our sort of five favorite presentations and really quite interesting, just sort of, you know, different thinking, not just about how the electric vehicle transitions, but what it means for the grid, what it means for thinking renewables and solar. And a lot of people are now thinking exactly as you were talking before, how do I combine solar, inverters, battery storage, electric vehicles? And a lot of people mm. are thinking about this in different ways, and it's actually really mm. quite, quite interesting. And, um, and, sure is. and on that topic too, we should also just remind people of Solar Insiders. Um, you can do us a big favour because Nitral has a simple goal in mind, which is to be the most listened to podcast in the whole wide world. And <laughs> Simple. Fairly. <laughs> No, no, but we would. Small goal. We, we, we would. We do want to make it. Um, we do want to make it um, more widely listened to. Um, more so, accessible and, mm. and more accessible. So, um, so please, when you, you know, if if, if you um, you can leave reviews, um, 
you can but you need to do it on iTunes. You've got to go through iTunes. Yeah, go through iTunes, search for Solar Insiders, click on uh, the show, um, then you've got to scroll all the way to the bottom. So it's they don't make it easy to, to leave reviews, but please do take two minutes and leave us a review. It really helps. And a star rating. Is that a single star rating or a four star or a five star rating? That's five all the way. Five baby. all the way. Just don't like go there yes, if you're not absolutely. leaving five. Absolutely. We don't want to know about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Nigel. Well, look, um, a pleasure as always. And um, thanks once again to our sponsors, um, Solar Analytics and PV Cell from SunWinds, both um, essential pieces of equipment, whether you're a consumer or a installer. Um, mate, I think that that's a bit of a wrap for today. And, that's um, a wrap, we'll be back, yeah. um, We'll be back in a fortnight with another one of your interviews. Um, Fantastic. Solar Profile. And... Um, more updates from our adventures in EV land and obviously more news about the solar community. So um, look forward to speaking then. Ditto. Speak to you then, mate. Bye for now. Solar Insiders was brought to you by SunWiz, the creators of PV Cell software. Powerful technology for solar sales and design with free high-definition rooftop imagery in every PV cell plan. Retailers can stay ahead of the competition. Visit sunwiz.com.au, Australia's leading solar software. Solar Insiders is also brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered and make the most of your home energy.